Welcome to This Sustainable Life Untethered, the place where we explore mind, body and nature and the things that hold you back from enjoying them. I am your host and adventure partner, Alison, and I'm so excited to go and explore with you. Today on the podcast, I am delighted to welcome back Jess, who you may remember from episode six, which was titled, You Are a Sexy Bitch, (laughs) Assertive Body Confidence with Gingy Snap. Um, Just as a quick recap, Jess is a flexibility pole, burlesque and aerial instructor, and she teaches group classes at Inversion Pole Fitness Lancaster, as well as one-to-one private lessons and online classes. And in that episode, we talked all about body confidence and how to feel fabulous in the skin that you're in. In this episode, we're going to follow up with Jess to find out how her challenge went. And we also dive deeper into body confidence, self-esteem and setting boundaries for yourself and others. I really hope you enjoy this conversation. I had a fab time with Jess. Welcome back, Jess. Thank you so much for joining us for part two of the podcast. I really enjoyed our conversation last time about body image and body confidence, but I am so excited to find out how your challenge went. Could you just remind our listeners what your challenge was, what you committed to doing? Um, To grow something, basically, just to grow something. And I was hoping to grow something edible, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah. It's gone swimmingly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so tell me what happened. (laughs) So um, I had intended to just kind of grow something edible. So I started off and was like, I'm going to get, I'm going to grow some chili, a chili plant from scratch. Um, Because I really love hot food. So I got myself some Apache chili seeds because you can grow them indoors all year round. And I've started with those and um, was having a brilliant time and then realized how much I loved having plants around. And I now have what can only be described as some form of jungle growing <laughs> in, my, in my house. So I've gone from having like no plants to about 30 in the house. There is a lot in the house. 30? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> None of them have died yet. They're all doing very well. Oh my God, my mother's, even, my mother's even started bringing plants to me saying, I've got this plant today, but it looks like it's dying. Can you just like bring it back to health? And I'm like, oh my God, I'm known as green fingered. <laughs> yes. Oh my God, you're the plant doctor now. With your green... <laughs> yeah. And my, my chili seeds have like done really well. Um, I've also like started growing some succulent from seed as well, because normally you propagate them, don't you? But um, they're really slow growers. So I decided to... To try my hand at that and it's difficult and I love it it's really yeah it's really, I'm really enjoying it it's just nice to have something to focus on you know right with all craziness <laughs> so I'm not very green fingered I think last time we talked about how I just had difficulty keeping my basil alive but I can keep <laughs> an orchid alive that's the one thing I can do um why is the succulent difficult to grow like tell me and, and why are you enjoying the challenge um I'm finding it difficult to grow okay. <laughs> just because it's slow growing and I'm really impatient uh, just okay. um but there's little things like um you need to make sure that their seeds obviously have access to water at all times but also for them to get a strong root network you can't you you need it to so you know when you have like a fully grown succulent you only water it like every three weeks and it's to make sure it has a really strong root network you wouldn't just mist it because it would only sort of need water in the top uh, roots in the top layer so trying to keep it wet all the time but also making sure they end up with a really good root structure but then also f- making sure they don't get moldy it's like really hard right <laughs> yeah but it's good fun because it's like you just get to see the little update on them like every few days I look at them and I'm like oh actually you're doing all right you've got a new little sprout coming out you know <laughs> <laughs> and um are you like learning more things then because you know talking about the root structure there is that something that you are like learning all this mm. extra lingo and how the works and the process yeah absolutely I'm, I'm learning more about like um how particular plants kind of survive and work and you know the issues that they could have and I'm, I'm, I've, all, I've always been somebody who enjoys learning so like having something new to learn is just really really enjoy- enjoyable especially at the moment when Let's be honest, there is nothing else going on. 
it's yeah. pretty great it's nice to have something to focus on and then people keep buying new plants as well which is never a bad thing <laughs> <laughs> what kind of plants do you have other than the succulents then and the chilies do you have any other types so I've got um obviously succulents I've got quite quite a lot of succulents and cacti <laughs> I also have an orchid plant um some uh I think it's called devil's ivy English I can't remember but it's some form of devil's ivy anyway um there's a snake plant as well uh there's a few things to be honest I'm trying to think what they all are but like quite just quite a lot of succulents and um the like really <laughs> good variety and really that's the little ones like tiny little things as well there's some little ones some big ones it's all going on <laughs> oh, that's real, oh that's awesome and have you named any you said last time you had a big <laughs> plant that uh really overtook its pot and you needed to replant it and you ended up naming it have you named any of these ones yes, I have. i'm having to take my time naming them though because they have to make sense so <laughs> i am i think i'm funny and i'm really not and i'm very aware <laughs> that i'm not so people will hear this and just be like what an actual loser my god but I'm so so um, there is one that drapes down and it's like a long hanging plant. And I decided that I could name it after Drake and just call it Drake. <laughs> <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's one. Um, I have a snake plant called Severus Snake. <laughs> is that Harry Potter reference? Yep. Yes, it is. Uh, and then uh, another one, I think I've got, I've got like a spiky looking um, succulent called Sonic because it looks a bit like a hedgehog. <laughs> and then my favorite one is I've named the chili plant Enrique because I see that as like a spicy name and it's a spicy plant so like, oh yeah oh yeah Enrique the chili plant, plant. yeah <laughs> look for it <laughs> and have you any uh recipes that you've kind of earmarked for Enrique um I really want to make some chili jam because I love halloumi and mm. chili jam and halloumi oh yes so we'll see, but I think it'll probably be that I get my boyfriend to do that because he's more of a cook than I am. So <laughs> that's good. That's a good like couple activity. You grow, he cooks, and then you both eat together. Perfect. Perfect. As long as I get to eat more. <laughs> of course. He gets a nibble, if that. <laughs> I get the I get the king's share. That's what I should get. Yeah. <laughs> I did all the growing. That's hard work. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like you like growing. It's like you know, birth and a life, isn't it? It takes time and yeah. Months of work. Absolutely. And when when will Enrique be be birthed? When will he be ready? Um, I'm not too sure to be honest, because I don't actually have any lights to help them grow any quicker. And obviously it's winter, so we don't have as much light time. So they're not growing as quickly as they would do in summer. Um so I'm hoping that we'll start sprouting chilies kind of springtime but I I'm we'll see hopefully hopefully I'll be able to make some chili jam by summer but yeah that'd be nice get the barbecue and halloumi and chili jam that that would be dreamy exactly that's that's the hope that's the hope enough enough chilies grown by summer that I can have my chili jam at the barbecue And now, like, take me back to um, when we first kind of agreed the challenge. I know you were a little bit, uh, we were kind of working out at the time. So what was your emotional experience sort of before, um, well, straight after, you know, you said this is what you're going to do. And then what emotions have you been having during the challenge as well? If you can, like, take me on your emotional journey. You know, I've. I not actually thought about it, but um, when I first agreed to do it, I was like, okay, yeah, this is something I need to do. Yeah, I'm going to do this. And then uh, as I started to like think about, right, what do I want to do? What am I going to grow? I started getting really excited. And then I started think, like getting more plants. And every time I had a, like, because obviously lockdown, I couldn't really go anywhere. Um, <laughs> I had a plant delivered or a pot delivered. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited. I've even like, when we were out of lockdown and able to go places, I've like dragged people to the garden centers. <laughs> so I'm, I'm really excited about by it, you know, like it's something that gives me real happiness. And like, uh, I'll sit there after like I've watered everything and I'm sat and I'm, I'm preening and I've looked at it all. And I'm just like, oh, and I just feel joy. <laughs> such joy and I like I expected to like feel a little bit of happiness from it but like it's 
well, I'm feeling so much happiness from it. And it's such a simple little thing. Uh, that makes me so happy to hear that. Mm. It really, yeah. really, really does. I remember. Well, well (laughs) it's um yeah it was funny because I was just re-listening back to the first episode and you were saying you know how much you love nature and how it really helps you and makes you feel good and then there was just this moment where you said like I don't really have any plants in my house at all and Mm. it was wonderful for you to like connect the two together and now to hear that you are really enjoying it oh it makes me if I was a dog I would be wagging my tail right now (laughs) Honesty as well, though I think it's actually affected me um, in another way, really, because I'd noticed that I hadn't been spending much time outside at all, anyway. Um, and I've been doing a lot more out in nature. Like I've I got new walking boots, and I've been going on big long walks, and I've like path, uh, rooted out all of the, the walks near my house in the countryside, and I've been spending more time outside anyway. And I think that has come from that one little realization where it's like I'd love being out in nature, but actually one I've got no plants in my house and two I've not been going outside very often and I've not really done much of that this year so yeah I've been making the most of being able to go outside even in winter and I think it has really stemmed from that which is quite interesting really yeah yeah oh that's so so fantastic to hear um and it was so nice yesterday as well I don't know if you managed to go out we had um snow here where we are in Lancaster and ah I went to the park and it was just beautiful to see everything covered in snow and it was kind of misty but sunny and it just you're right it just makes you feel so much better to see beauty and then to be in the quiet and hear the birds and I was walking the dog and he was just having a fantastic time running around and sniffing just yeah just yeah it's lovely and I, I didn't go out uh, walking I did go out in the car funnily enough I got my dad to drive me around some of the walks you know so I knew I don't I don't know about you but um just as a woman walking alone is not something that I feel extremely comfortable doing when I'm not aware of where I'm going mm. and so my dad bless him was like right I'm going to drive you around so I got to see all of like the walks that he does in the snow and it was so beautiful like and you could see right across Lancaster and up to the memorial it was just beautiful and all of like this like low-lying fog in like the tops of the trees are disappearing it was just so pretty beautiful. yeah yeah absolutely so what I needed after just far too many hours spent staring at screens and sitting on this exact chair <laughs> yeah yeah I feel that <laughs> So is there now any other steps that you're thinking? You've already said how you are going out in nature more and there are probably more plants that you're looking to buy, but is there anything else that you're kind of um, thinking you might do as a result of this um, renewed appreciation and enjoyment and excitement? Hmm. Well, it doesn't sound like it's linked, but it entirely is. Um, I... So I'm sure you know this about me, Alison, but most people won't realise, like, I'm a massive workaholic, like, really bad. Um, I struggle to say no. And what I've been doing, because I want to go out on walks and I want to do things and I want to have that time for myself, and I've felt the benefit from going and spending time on my own things, like growing the plants, like going outside, I'm actually making sure I commit myself to days where I just do things for me, where I just go out for walks, where I'm not working, I've had days where I have um, not had a phone with me, which is a revelation. <gasps> um, yeah. Wow. And all of these, it seems like wild, doesn't it? But I think all you need is that one little catalyst and it'll always snowball onto something bigger. Mm. And I, yeah, I think this like, it seems such a small thing, but it's made a huge impact on me. I feel like myself again going and being out in nature and being able to spend time on my own without having to be connected to everyone on the on the internet and yeah it's been pretty great ah oh, that's so wonderful to hear and um I'm curious how how have you found kind of leaving your phone behind because I I have dreams of becoming like disconnected and um taking like even doing a challenge myself where I don't use my phone for a day or whatever and I've, I've just not quite managed it. And how long have I had a phone now for since university? Like 2007, eight, something, I don't know. And I've, it's been attached to me all time. So tell me what's it like just kind of putting it to one side? 
it's not easy. It's really <laughs> easy. Um, obviously, as well, my work is very social media heavy. So I am constantly have clients contacting me and um, I'm scrolling through Instagram to find inspiration for what I do um, saving combos, you know, finding things to teach. So I spend an awful lot of time on my phone, on social media, answering emails and things. So it's it's been difficult. Um, what I ended up doing, um, because as like obviously people listening won't know, but Alison knows we were just talking about it. My um, my partner, we we don't live near each other, um, and obviously we're not bubbled at the moment, so we can't see each other. So I do need to be connected somehow. But what I found a way around it. So what I I recently had to get a new phone because. I needed a new better camera for what we do and rather than just getting rid of my old phone I have deleted all of the apps off of it apart from the things speaking to him to and then I just moved the sim card back over when like work's finished uh-huh. and that would be obviously if I didn't um you know if I wasn't with Michael then I think I would more easily be able to put everything down completely but I think that is the thing that draws me to it. You know, I see that he's messaged me and I'm like, oh, Michael's messaged me. And then I'll be like, oh, I'll just look at Instagram whilst I'm here. <laughs> how interesting though. The thing that is really interesting is that like I, a, a couple of weekends ago, I did actually say to everybody that I work with here at Inversion, I'm having the weekend off. I'm deleting all social media for the weekend, just putting it all on pause. If anybody needs me desperately, this is my phone number and nobody needed it. They were all fine. But I, I found myself, picking up my phone and looking for Facebook and Instagram without thinking about it. And only once I couldn't find it, did, did I realize what was happening? And it's, that's worrying. That's like addiction. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I absolutely agree. Sometimes uh, having my phone nearby and I'll be working and it will just be, I'll be in the middle of writing an email and I'm just trying to figure out what to say or say it the right way. And it's a bit too difficult at that moment in time. And I'll just turn to my phone for some like light relief and, or has anyone messaged me or is anything exciting? I I need, it's like you almost need to have a little boost of something because your current reality is just not, I don't know, not exciting enough, not interesting enough, not fun enough. A little injection of dopamine. Yeah. Yeah. And if I make the effort to put my phone away and by away, I just mean like, where I can't reach it from where I'm sitting on this chair, then, you know, I am so much better at being focused and staying on a task and working through, but it is, it's just that mindless. I I don't procrastinate as much when my my phone is not there. I enjoy my rest time more. I feel better in myself. So just from those couple of days where I did say, look, I'm not doing any of it this weekend at all. I just need a bit of a break. I really noticed the difference in myself, which just shows like how, I guess how insidious it all actually is. It's quite scary how easily you can become addicted to something and you think that it's keeping you connected and this is a brilliant thing and it can be, but you know, there's lots of things that can be wonderful in moderation. Chocolate's wonderful in moderation, but you shouldn't exclusively eat it, you know? (laughs) Damn. (laughs) (laughs) I think there's something to be said for noticing that the the kind of similarities between other addiction and social media addiction Mm, yeah yeah and even calling it an addiction like that feels quite scary but I I would say I well yeah I have addictive habits certainly around my phone if it's not addiction then I'm I'm basically heading there yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, I think it's so normal now as well. Everybody has a phone attached to them. It's more odd for somebody to not have a phone than somebody to have one. Yeah. Which that's, it's just a little bit of technology. Why do you need it? You don't need it to live. You don't need it to exist. <laughs> but we have this idea that it's, it's sort of something that every person needs and should have, but it really isn't. It, the last few guests I've had on the podcast, we've all ended up talking about technology and phone and, you know, somehow it's moved on to this, <clears throat> excuse me. And I am thinking that I'm going to take, I'm going to bite the bullet and try and do maybe next weekend, 
and just mm-hmm. do one day no phone and just mm-hmm. see and just <laughs> I'll have to write about it on my like pen and paper because I won't be able to make any notes or anything or like any voice notes but I just the thought of it well it just it scares me which is which is an addiction actually to yeah to feel like you can't give up something it is pretty wonderful though the feeling that you get from not having it like I came back that Monday after I'd had that weekend off I had the most productive day I've had in months because I had rested and I made a plan for myself I I basically decided on the like the week that right right this is getting silly now I need some time off so I spent Friday making sure everything was in place for Monday so I didn't have to think about it at the weekend which again I think because we're connected to it all. We think, oh, I'll sort that tomorrow, even though it's tomorrow's a Saturday. I'll, I'll arrange myself on Monday and Saturday so I can decide what to do. No, use your Friday. Use your Friday and go through. This is what I need to have done, ready to get going for Monday. All of it needs to be booked done, and then I can have a nice, relaxing weekend. And then on Friday night, turn everything off. Delete the apps if you have to. That's what I did. I deleted them all because obviously I still would like to speak to my partner, ideally. Um, and the thing is, even then, like, because he knew I was trying not to be on my phone as much, I spoke to him at the end of the day and I, I found I wasn't, by Sunday, I wasn't reaching for my phone as much. Right. So, yeah. And can I ask, what did you do? Like, what was your plan for you? What was the thing that was like nourishing and refreshing for you? I went on a long walk um, on my own and listened to an audiobook of one of my favorite books. And then I w- walked home and did a jigsaw puzzle with my mum. <laughs> <laughs> and then it, uh, it was when it snowed really, really beautifully snowed. And then the next day we, um, I live near the university and we walked, I had intended to take, I've got, I do photography like as well, just as like as a more of a hobby really. And I had intended to take my camera up to uni whilst it was snowing, but it was snowing so heavy I couldn't do that. But we'd got a little flask together and like we did a walk in the really heavy snow and it just, I felt so scented and calm. It was wonderful. It was so, and I slept better. I slept a lot better. I woke up Monday so refreshed and so productive. It was absolutely the thing to do. Take the time. Yeah. And did you feel anything when you like turned your phone back on then? Like what was your emotion or thoughts when you kind of came back to it? I have quite negative feelings about it now. I really do. I I really begrudge that I have to be so accessible all the time. Mm. Why does everybody need access to me all the time? The only person who needs access to me is me. You don't need to have access to another person. Any query that you have, unless it's life-threatening, it can wait, you know? (laughs) Yeah, And I think instant culture, particularly my job, this idea of like being able to instantly get in touch with somebody causes real problems. It, it causes burnout in my industry a lot because people message you all hours of the day. They don't understand the difference between personal and professional separation. So just because you're friends with somebody, um, like they will message you on your business page and then on your Instagram and then on your Facebook page and then they'll message your messenger so that they can get to you if they don't get an answer within within an hour. But if you emailed a big company, you wouldn't expect a response from them within any more than 72 hours, would you? But Mm. because it's somebody that you're like, well, I know that they have their phone on them all the time. Why haven't they responded? They'll go through every avenue. And the unfortunate thing is it's not just one person that does it. Everybody does it. And when you're on the receiving end of it, like that's not fair. That's not good. You should be allowed to separate yourself and take that time. And I think that's, that's what I started feeling negative things about that. Mm-hmm. And I only just realized that I was letting myself be accessible. You're the only person who can give other people access to you. And I was allowing that to happen. And after having that weekend, I kind of begrudged picking the phone back up because not because of other people or because of the things that was being at, that were being asked of me, but because I didn't trust myself to step away again. Mm. You know? I was worried that I was going to fall back into that same pattern, which I kind of am a little bit again. Um, So I'm having to make sure I schedule that time to be like, no time away. Yeah, That's really interesting. Completely um, digressing off the path of what I wanted to (laughs) talk about, but it is, yeah. We can cut that out if we need to. It's interesting to talk about, isn't it? (laughs) 
I thought um, last time we talked, we uh, you gave a really good piece of advice that I said I would follow up, which was around how to take a compliment. Yes. And, um, uh, well, maybe we could do like a little example. So if I compliment you and you respond in the correct way to take a compliment. So I'll say, oh, Jess, I really like your top today. You're looking really nice. Well, thank you, Alison. I really like it myself, actually. I don't remember where I got it from, though, but thank you. <laughs> it's simple. It's simple. You go, yeah, thank you. I like it, too. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's, it's not about being a big head, is it? It's just like, yeah, I, I like it as well. Thank you, you know? Rather than being like, oh, this old thing, I just got it from Primark and just, yeah, it was in the sale. Yeah. Um, So I have been trying to uh, just agree, I guess, with the compliment. Mm -hmm. And I've found it easier to do with my partner than with anyone else. And I guess maybe I've been getting less compliments because we're online and I don't know, I don't really like turn up for work looking fabulous or anything when it's a Zoom meeting. Um, But so when I told my partner that I was going to do this thing and I was going to agree um, with him, whatever he said, and if I didn't, then I wanted him to let me know. And there were a good few (laughs) times where he's like, no, Alison, say, accept it, accept the compliment, accept it. And it's, yeah, it's really, it's really weird. And I found myself like closing my eyes as I said it, like wanting to just hide and, you know, just generally feeling uncomfortable. Mm. Um, So I just wanted to like reflect back, I guess, that I I have been trying it, although it has been difficult and it hasn't gotten any easier, even though... (laughs) I think it's because it's so hardwired into us like it really is like um I can't speak on the experience of men growing up because I, I grew up um identifying female um and presenting female because obviously I was born female sex so I can't speak on what it was like for anybody growing up male but I know as a woman you were very much sort of told that you need to be demure and you need to be bashful and there's this very old-fashioned idea of the way a woman should be and you can be those things if that's who you are that's absolutely fine but um it doesn't mean you can't love who you are and you can't accept compliments you know and I think it just stems from that because it's it's so like ingrained in us like you can't agree with this Mm. and if you're an awful person because you think that you're amazing and you should only ever think that you are of the lower man, <laughs> then I don't think that we realize how deeply ingrained it is because like most people can't accept compliments. I never used to be able to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm absolutely realizing it every time um, that anyone says anything to me in the few times that somebody, not my partner has said anything. Uh, I felt the only way that I could do it is by going like over the top. So if someone said like, oh, Alison, you always look fabulous or whatever I was like ha ah, yes I do yes I always make the effort you know like making it <laughs> into a joke where I felt like I could agree with them but also maybe they would think I wasn't being big-headed because I was just having a laugh and you know taking the mickey well maybe an easier step then is to just sort of thank and explain why you think similarly not that you definitely like I did there so rather than being like so you said I like your top dress and I said, oh, thank you. Yeah, I like it too. You know, it's not, it's not as, it's more of an explanation for why you chose it. I mean, that's obviously more like based on completely appearance. My preference of compliments are all about personality and actions. Um, things that you've made a choice for. So clothes compliments, I much prefer. And like, obviously hair compliments, like you've done your hair so lovely today, you know, that kind of stuff. Um one thing though I just I'm gonna just completely go off on a tangent here something I really really find uncomfortable is when people really compliment like your physical appearance around like genetically just how you're built like I'm it's it's a lottery my face is my face there is no effort in here why are you congratulating me for something that I didn't do I would much rather you said wow your business is doing so well like you've done so you've worked so hard congratulate me for what I can actually affect you know (laughs) yeah 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 that's really true actually and I guess maybe like there are a lot of um 
well, I'm totally guessing this, but you know, supermodels where genetically they are just beautiful. Mm. And I can imagine how when you compliment them, they, uh, it's almost like an empty, you know, like, why don't you compliment me on my amazing business skills or what I have done for charity or whatever, you know, I just wake up. Or, or, yeah. or as simple as you put such a nice outfit together. Mm. Your looks lovely today. My favorite compliment. I don't remember if I said this the other day, but my favorite compliment that I ever get is that my eyebrows look nice. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I've, I'm a, I'm a redhead. We don't have eyebrows. So like I have to put them on with makeup and get them waxed and tinted. So it's a lot of effort. So when somebody goes, oh, my eyebrows look really good today. I'm like, thank you. I put so much effort into them. I'm glad you agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're acknowledging it and maybe they don't even realize, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> Such a random thing to love, but it's the best compliment I ever get is your eyebrows look great. I'm like, yes. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> Um, and then I asked some of my, uh, well, I put a call out on social media for our listeners if they had any questions, because mm-hmm. um, I said I was going to have part two with you. And uh, I've got a couple questions back. So how do you feel about answering them? If that's all right. Good, good. Cool. Let's go for it. Okay. So the first one is, um, how do you maintain confidence through periods of change? So for example, Christmas weight gain, et cetera, makes people feel rubbish. And I personally feel disappointed in myself. Um, I would love to get an expert's thoughts on this and whether or not they feel these sorts of feelings. Of course I feel those feelings all the time. I put weight on and do all of these things, but the only, so confidence wise you're allowed to not feel very good about yourself sometimes like you don't have to be a confident person all the time there are times when I feel like a blob and that's okay because my body is a female body that goes through changes every single day and there's nothing I can do about that nothing I can do about it so learning to accept that change is happens and it's okay you can't be mad at yourself for change happening it's part of life and something that you need to remember is that the only person who has the power to make you feel any way is you other people can't make you feel bad about you only you can it's not serving you to tell yourself off and being like oh I put weight on and that's awful why is it awful it's Christmas. You've enjoyed yourself. It's good that you enjoyed yourself. I'm so glad that during this awful time, there are so many awful things going on. You found the time to indulge in something that you enjoy, which is food. And it's Christmas. That's glorious. And if it becomes an issue for you where it's affecting your confidence and maybe you're putting more weight on one, that's okay. Your size isn't intrinsically linked into your beauty. It just isn't. But if you feel better, a little bit slimmer, don't put pressure on yourself to be slimmer. Work on those feelings, not on the diet, you know, work on the feelings first. Obviously, like you're allowed to want to put on or lose weight. That's cool. You can do do whatever you want to do with yourself, but work on the feelings rather than working on the physical, because that's going to benefit you over the long run. I've had to do this a lot myself because my weight I've never been a very big girl. I really haven't, but I felt like I was because I was in the dance world. I was around ballet dancers and I was always the biggest girl in the room, even though I've never really been bigger than a size 14. So really, you know, just pretty normal sized person and working on those feelings now have made such a difference to me. So I haven't been able to do pole at the moment, really, because (laughs) lockdown you know I've put weight on um and my body's changed quite a lot um but I'm not mad about it it's okay my body is doing something pretty great right now it's taking me through life it's doing what it needs to do and if and when it wants to go back to the way it's going to want to go back to because it needs to support what I want to do then it will and that's okay and I never used to think that way only when I started to try and work on my own feelings about myself and tried to get myself around the idea that actually I'm the only one who can make myself feel good or bad. Did, did that sort of change for me, you know, mm. I, something that never worked for my confidence ever was trying to diet, diet or exercise myself out of a certain shape 
that will not help your confidence. The thing that will help your confidence is working on your feelings. Yeah. And last time you said, you know, when you look in the mirror, you should kind of say positive things. Yeah. Is there is there anything else that you do to help work on your feelings other than like making love to yourself in the mirror and <laughs> all those yeah. things we talked about last time? Particularly when I'm feeling bad about things. So um, if I start to sort of fall back into a wait on then what I'll do is I I try and make a note of like shock myself and go ah why did I say that it doesn't matter and I will make if I say one negative thing I need to say something that counters it at least one thing but I would usually say outweigh the negatives with as many positives as possible so oh I've put weight on oh but it's been Christmas I've had a really nice time and it'll it'll disappear if I need it to and that's okay. Everybody's putting weight on right now and nobody else notices that I've put a little bit of a few pounds on. And actually, I still look pretty damn good, you know, if it needs to be those things. I mean, it could just be, oh, put weight on. Well, it doesn't actually matter. Like, what's a few pounds? I'm healthy. Mm. And do you, this is going to sound weird, but do you ever talk to yourself out loud when you say these things? Do you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think depending on how crap you're feeling essentially like um I would start to say things out loud so like normally just saying it inside helps you know I just think those things to myself but if I'm feeling particularly down or bad about something saying out loud and vocalizing it makes a difference so I actually have a lot of things saved on my phone that I when I'm feeling really bad I read out to myself get it for me and it's just like character things and achievements of myself, of my things that I've done. Oh, it's not on this phone. I'll see if, it, if I can find it somewhere. Oh, that's a shame. But basically it just says things like, who am I? Um, you know, I am, I'm fun. I'm, br- I'm a bright, positive person. I bring people up. I'm really good at making people feel good about themselves. I am brilliant at pole. I can do this. I my achievements. I have managed to take an already successful school and grow it. I've managed to start my own businesses. I've managed to do this. These are all of the things that I've achieved. And when you're feeling really crap, listing out all of the things that are fantastic about you, no matter what they're about, make you feel glorious. They they really do. And if I feel really terrible, I'll just get it out in the morning and I'll just say it. <laughs> I'll we'll just read that. out loud and it really makes a difference it really I does love that that is yes I am okay I'm doing that definitely <laughs> that is yeah. a fantastic idea I think sometimes like well I talk to myself uh out loud mm, not a fair bit but I often find it helps because your head's a messy place and so kind of sometimes you think in one thing but not really like it's like a dream you know it's all kind of you know what's going on but you don't and things change and there's tangents and sometimes just talking out loud helps me to focus on on whatever I should be focusing on rather than just mess and fuzz any any focus is helpful And and the thing is as well I actually use this to motivate me for my goals as well so um, if you want to achieve anything in life, you have to dream big for one and then you have to materialize it. But sometimes that like thought and goal can get lost. So sometimes I'll, I'll put that at the bottom. So I'll be like, what are my goals for this year? Like, I want to do this. What are my goals in life? I want to have a lovely, successful school with a massive community of students that just grows on its own and is welcoming and warm. And I just, you know, write those things there. And it sort of, it it's always, when you, you have it there and you say it out loud, it's always in the back of your head and you affect your decisions and affect the way that you are throughout the day. Mm. So, yeah. Just a random little skill for you there about motivation. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That is fantastic. And I also, I just made a little note here because I thought this was quite um impactful for me which is as a confident person you're allowed to not feel confident about yourself sometimes just even that just even that is really nice to just take the pressure off yourself like some people I imagine they might have listened to the episode and then almost you know you can beat yourself up oh why aren't I confident enough just 
Sure. Yeah. A lot of it is just taking a step back and having a breath. Like one of the biggest things that that I think has ever made a difference to me is just taking the pressure off myself. Just whenever I feel that I'm starting to get anxious or my mental health slipping or that things are going wrong, I take a step back and I realize that the the factor that has made everything worse is the fact that I've started putting pressure on myself. Nobody can put pressure on you, no one but you. Mm-hmm. And I've done that to myself. So I take a step back and think, come on now, you don't need to be doing that. Take a breath, you're fine. Step away from it, mm-hmm. no bother. You're allowed to feel a bit crap. You're allowed to feel wonderful. You're allowed to feel whatever you feel. So long as you don't, not, you know, constantly feeling down about yourself you need to you need to work on that but just recognize that it's okay to have like low moments it's okay oh thank you (laughs) (laughs) okay and then the next question so you mentioned before about um size isn't intrinsically linked to beauty so this is kind of along those lines but slightly different so is being body confident and happy how I am really a good thing if being that way is having a harmful impact? Um, so, for example, when people say they are big and beautiful, I feel mixed about this as, yes, it's great. They're happy and comfortable in their own skin. But are they actually harming themselves with regards to their own health? And also, are they putting more demand on services? And I guess I just I'm going to add as well from a personal perspective, I think it's really interesting in, um, you know, the government uh, policy and the messaging around lockdown is basically stay away, protect the NHS. And we are starting to um, be using and promoting pro-social behaviour as a way of, um, you know, protecting services. So we're not touching people now because we want to protect the NHS. And I think you can start to see a link, can't you, where you might say to people, stop smoking, you need to protect the NHS or lose weight, you need to protect the NHS. So I'm just... uh... This is an interesting one because it's quite a hard line to draw. Um, So the first thing I will say is that I'm not sure that I'm the authority on this really, because I think the only people that have the right to really say anything about this are the people it directly affects. So the people who are within that demographic, but also like the people who are directly affected by the negative impact of one of those things. So that could be anyone who is negatively affected. Um, The questions we have to ask ourselves is one, does it affect me? So it doesn't affect me that, a larger lady feels good about herself it doesn't because you know like it's not the end of the world if a larger lady feels good about herself what is so terrible about that that is a wonderful thing she should feel great as we were saying but when it comes to like all of the healthcare stuff my question is how obviously obesity is a problem for people but if that person feels bad about themselves their health problem does not go away so where do we draw the line? Does health mean beauty? Do, do you automatically not class as beautiful if you don't have health? What about people with a lifelong disability? Uh, are they not allowed to feel good about themselves and they, they have more, they're more of a strain on the NHS? So I understand why people sort of go down that path and they think that way, but it's really easy to sort of step back and think those things when we aren't the ones that are affected by it, you know? Like it's to be like, oh yeah, so um, that person should lose a bit of weight and how terrible that she feels good about herself. But we don't know that this lady who's like, you know, she's like, I'm big and I'm beautiful. We don't know that she's not one, 100% healthy because you can be big and healthy. And we don't know that too, if she is unhealthy, she's not taking steps to make that better, but she's also feeling good about herself in the process. Mm. So this idea that, everything is interlinked, I think can be quite damaging to people. I mean, I think everybody, no matter your size, no matter your health, and I'm sure we can agree on this, has the right to feel good about themselves and to proclaim that they are beautiful because they are. Like no matter your ability and everything like that. 
And it's just a real shame, like, because I, I do truly, I truly understand where it comes from with people. And it is just a worry for the other people. But at the same time, my, the, the same old thing that always goes through my head is what my mum used to say to me. And she'd be like, how does it affect you? And I say this to my dad whenever we're having political arg- arguments about things. And, and he's like, well, I just don't think that maybe this should happen. Did it? I'm like, but dad, how would your day change? How would your day actually change if that happened? Mm. (laughs) And I think sometimes when you take a step back, because like obviously the larger picture is what we need to look at, but when you take a step back and look at your own life and think, how would my life change if that was different? You kind of realize, well, actually my life wouldn't be any different if that lady who is a bit bigger wasn't proclaiming big as beautiful. Um, And actually she gets more from that and she may actually be incredibly healthy there's looking at um on instagram i don't know if you follow ros the diva no she's a queen she's a plus size pole lady plus plus size plus size polar um and she is completely healthy she's a completely healthy woman she's just plus size there's yogis who teach it teach yoga who are plus size so i think it's more damaging to sort of suggest that you know, they, that somebody shouldn't be able to proclaim it big as beautiful than to talk about the, I'm trying to say, I'm trying to like word what I mean. This is really hard to say what I mean. Mm. No, no, no. Generally follow, generally follow or am I waffling? No, no, I, I, I get it. I get it. The two are separate and mm. um, yeah, like what you're saying is that how, well, also how a person is doesn't affect you anyway. So it's almost kind of there um their thing and regardless of how of where they are we just see them at a snapshot in time so they might yeah, be exactly. they might be losing weight they might be on the journey to not they might be healthy we, we, we do, there's a lot that we don't know and we could also say like okay you don't use you, you don't exercise enough so you don't do you do your like however much, I don't even know what the limit the daily exercises anymore that the <laughs> but do you eat all of your five five a day well you're putting a strain on the nhs that's not good enough do you do your this day however long walk every day not good enough and before you know it when you start to police people's health and bodies like that like it just i think where do we draw the line you know i agree and i think that's kind of what i was saying with the coronavirus obviously i get why we're doing it but we are policing people's bodies and people's freedom for the good of for the good of other people that's one thing but then saying you know for protecting the nhs that's that feels like a place that we haven't gone down yet you have to do something to protect services that actually haven't been invested in for quite a good time and you know maybe what could have happened was this investment could have happened but you know much further back and then maybe it wouldn't have been in the state it is in right now with you know chronic underfunding is more damaging than somebody being a little bit overweight and getting ill (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) need to put more like this is right I'm going to get political now Alison so I'm really sorry we need to stop taking pressure off governments to behave decently our governments are supposed to look after the people and we need to stop putting the blame on the people people do generally the stupid thing the masses are stupid that's what we do we will always be a bit daft but the thing is we pay taxes for our government to look after us so it is the onus is on them to make sure that the thing that we need our healthcare service is properly funded we pay taxes for that to happen it should be happening there shouldn't be a question of strain being put on the nhs because there should be enough funding chronic underfunding is more damaging and people need to expect more from the government Ah! (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Yeah, no, that, that is good. That is, um, that speaks to me because we should have agency in how we have our bodies and what we do with our food, our exercise, whatever. And yeah, we need to have a Like we should think on other people. Like I was having a really interesting conversation with one of my friends the other day about like, um, you know, how in performing arts. So if as 
So for what I do, let's say the industry standard for a performer to perform is 150 pounds. If somebody takes a job for that for 20 pounds, it's actually really damaging for the industry. And I can't remember what the point was I was saying. <laughs> um, something about collective people having agency. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, it could actually be really damaging for the industry as a whole. And my friend was saying, but then that person should be allowed to accept £20 an hour. And I'm like, because and it should be, and it's, it's bad that the other, per, the other person's just going to pay that anyway. And I'm like, but the thing is, it's damaging to the industry. So you need to make choices that are going to protect other people. Because if I was accepting, if I'm undercutting the market, it's just bringing everything down. Mm. And I'm, it's a, in that situation, yes, absolutely. Like that is affecting people's livelihoods in quite a very real way. Mm. Because that person who paid 20 pounds now is going to think that 150 pounds is completely overpriced, even though that is the low price normally. So now when they hire people, other people are going to be directly affected by that. It's a real Whereas, immediate yeah, effect. It's yeah, tangible, actual, we can see that effect. Whereas with that, can we? Mm. I'm sorry to go on tangents. I can't stop myself. <laughs> no, I think I think well, I think it's it's a grey area, isn't it? It's not, it's actually not black and white. It is yeah. there are there are nuances, there is context, mm. and it's not just a simple answer. That is absolutely the short and short and tall of it, isn't it? Like there is never everything's a grey area, and there is no black and white, always definitive, this is always the right thing to do, or this is always the right way to behave. Mm think everything's case by case isn't it yes yeah absolutely yeah well I have so enjoyed our time together Jess it has been really interesting I've loved hearing about your little plant uh empire (laughs) (laughs) I really my little plant jungle my little my little tropical jungle (laughs) there's this guy I follow on Instagram um uh, what's his name? James Wong. I actually, he did a um, a TV program many, many years ago. And then I found him doing a cookery book, which is called something like seven a day. And now he's on Instagram and he has 200 and is it 250 or 500 plants. I can't remember. It's in the hundreds. And he's just absolutely like plant obsessed. And if you go on his Instagram, you just see how he like fits all these plants into his London flat. Like his coffee table is made of plants. <laughs> got just all plants in between books. And it's just uh, it's it's amazing. I can see I can see this is where you're going. This is the direction. You're gonna come back to the studio and it's just I'm gonna have covered it in plants. There's gonna be <laughs> I've literally already eyed up corners thinking I could put a little plant on the floor there. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fabulous like he just loves them so much and now he's writing books about how to eat more of them he's just like plant obsessed um yeah so no I really enjoyed that and then our our conversation about um electronics I am I am inspired I'm, I'm gonna do it I'm gonna next weekend you have inspired me social media off phone away yes you can do it I believe in you yes and um yeah thank you so much is there anything else that you you want to say before we finish no just thank you for having me and again just tangent queen that I am I do apologize for my constant tangents but it's been really fun talking to you I always get like this when I talk to you don't I so Uh, (laughs) yay that's good that's good I'm so pleased it's been fantastic talking to you uh Mm -hmm. I've just had a big smile on my face for basically like an hour so (laughs) you me too (laughs) cool thank you so much jess thanks i'm gonna stop with the video now (laughs) did you enjoy that did you enjoy that jess asked me to keep that little song in there for the lols um and i did i did it's my podcast so why why on earth not (laughs) oh dear um, but how brilliant is that? She has her own jungle now from zero to 30 plants. That is a, a lot of plants, right? That's amazing. I'm, I'm thinking that I actually might call this episode 
Welcome to the jungle. We got fun and games. Welcome to Gingy's jungle. I don't know the rest of the words. Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's a little bit on the innuendo, innuendo side, Gingy's jungle. But who cares, right? Because we are all confident now. And the only person that can make me feel bad is me. And I'm so confident that I'm singing twice on my own podcast. You're welcome. <laughs> I might have had a bit too much caffeine today. Um, but yeah, just a few reflections from me then. So firstly, I think it's just lovely that we can all go through life and think that we know about ourselves Think that you know how you're going to spend your time. Think that you know what excites you and what you're passionate about. And yet there are still new avenues and new things to explore and new things that you enjoy. And you can just follow your your passions and excitement and just see, see where it leads. And I just think that's wonderful. There's so many things out there and Sometimes it can feel a little bit, maybe particularly in lockdown as well, you know, we're a little bit samey, kind of same shit, different day happens again and again. But really, there are so many nuances and mini adventures that we can go on with ourselves. So I think that's wonderful. And I'm really, really glad that Jess has her own jungle now. A couple takeaways that really resonated with me. I loved the practical advice about giving compliments. Last time we talked about receiving compliments, but this time giving compliments and having them center on something that someone has actually done or influenced rather than just something that they're born with or is genetic. And that can be so much more meaningful when you highlight the effort that someone has gone to and recognize and appreciate that. I also think it's really interesting that when we're talking about phones and social media and being addicted (laughs) with all my guests I'm not even planning to yet it's coming up and I think this is um, a real a real sign a real red flashing sign to me I didn't do what I said I was going to do I said I was going to take a day or weekend off from my phone and I didn't right I just didn't I thought about it and I didn't my name is Alison and yes I am addicted to my phone I, I'm, I'm going to try again. I will try again. I think I need to, I I just need to do it. I just need to do it. It's been so many years now that I've had my phone glued to my hand. There's no excuse. And what was I just talking about? Finding new avenues and adventures within yourself. So I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it guys. And I'm going to report back promise. I loved this um, really practical tip of saying positive things out loud and at least one or more than one positive thing for every negative thing that you say to yourself and having a list of your achievements and your character traits and who you are and what makes you special and exciting and fabulous and wonderful and, and reading that to yourself and taking the time and effort to counteract that negative inner monologue or inner story that you might hold. I thought that was wonderful and I'm definitely going to do that. And then the key thing, the number one thing for me that really was like one of those gongs, you know, was that a confident person is allowed to not feel confident and just taking the pressure off yourself that you have to think you have to be a certain way all the time or um, feeling bad if you don't feel a certain way and creating a problem through wanting to be confident but not being confident like just stop take the pressure off yourself and just know that even if you don't feel confident you can still be a confident person it's like a bit of a head scratcher for me but actually I, I really resonate and um, appreciate that that sentence. I want to say a quick thank you to my listeners for sending in their questions. I hope you enjoyed the answers and the discussions and the tangents. Um, I really, really enjoy getting your questions, actually. So please do. I will shout out on social media 
um, who I am talking to. And if you have any questions, then by all means, drop me, drop me a message. That would be amazing. Please do follow me on social media. I am on Instagram at alison.untethered, Twitter at Ali Untethered, and Facebook at This Sustainable Life Untethered, TSL Untethered. And I love to hear from you, love to chat, love to engage, love to discuss, love to debate. So yeah, please, please come on over and say hello. And if you like this episode, please subscribe. That would be amazing for my podcast. Share it with a friend, leave a review, um, or just come and listen next time. That would be wonderful. I hope you have a really fab rest of your day today, whatever you're doing, and I will come chat to you soon.